Hey guys, welcome to the Tech People Podcast. My name is Ken Coyne. I'm your host and founder, as well as head of technology at Ops Talent. I believe at the heart of any success story are the people who made it happen. Diversity, creativity, and innovation, when nurtured in people, can lead to an unbeatable formula. I created this podcast to share the experiences of some truly inspirational leaders on their journey to success. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, and welcome back to Tech People. Today, I'm delighted to have my very good friend, Peter Christenoff, from London on the show. Now, by day, Peter's a very successful big data guy, but outside of work, he's developed a fantastic application to better your life called Infin AI. He describes it as a platform focused on helping users understand the workings of their inner mind and be at peace with who they are now and who they want to be in the future. We all have great aspirations. I mean, every day, week, month. But for, 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 but for the majority of us, we rarely achieve this. You know, for example, when I think about, you know, I want to learn a new language, spend more time with your family, maybe better education, spending more time in your hobbies or even starting a new hobby, whatever it may be. But why is it so difficult to achieve? Personally, I believe you first need a plan. You need to take action and you need to make them a daily or weekly habit in order to achieve them. And finally, you need to be able to view your progress to see how you're progressing. Peter helps people achieve these aspirations via Infin AI. And in the podcast today, we're going to learn more about Peter and his startup, what inspired him to create the application, what are the kind of challenges he overcame, and what does the future hold, and also have some fun along the way. So welcome to the show, Peter. Hello, Ken, and thanks for having me. <laughs> no, my pleasure. Listen, always great to have a chat. So Listen, I always, as always, I always like to start by learning a bit more about my guests. So for the audience, could you tell us a bit more about who Peter is? Sure, with pleasure. So I think to every person, there's three aspects. So the first one is about me, my home life. So married, two children, both grown up, I'm happy to say. (laughs) And uh, I have a sister who's doing biomed in Switzerland. And my parents live nearby, which are turning into a full-time job. So that's me at home. Me at work, so I work for a big investment bank in the data sciences, data analytics, big data space. And I've worked 30 years in financial services, running large operational teams, working in technology, and then bridging the gap between the two to get stuff delivered. And then finally, there's me as a person. So I love making music. I'm pretty much a creative person. That's what makes me tick. So I love all the arts. I love creativity. And I also love technology, which kind of is what led me to Infinite. Awesome. And, you know, it's always very inspiring when I talk to you, you know, when you have a regular catch-up and calls and what you've achieved over the last weeks, months. It's really embarrassing, actually, how much you achieve. And I, I know, I suppose, just a big part of this is because of your startup. So tell us a bit more about what it is. And what inspired you to start this application? So if we talk a little bit about what Infini is, which actually you incredibly covered at the start. Yeah. So it is a platform that is focused on helping users understand the workings of their inner mind. That's number one. Number two, once you get to that point, it's helping people to understand who they are today and who they want to be in the future. However, that last bit 
about the inner mind and who you are today and who you want to be in the future comes from a very successful entrepreneur called Gary Vaynerchuk. And the key thing is understanding the gap between who you are today and who you want to be tomorrow. So lots of people have aspiration, and I'm not a big fan of you can be anything you want to be. I think you can be anything you want to be in context of A, your skill set, and B, your energy. So I think it's really trying to put that into context. And Infinite in itself has grown over a long period of time. It's really a passion project. And it's built on a series of academic and proven frameworks, such as Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Successful People, Reinforcement Learning, the infamous Eisenhower Importance and Urgent Matrix. But it also has a lot of teachings in there from leading minds such as Tim Ferriss, Reid Hoffman, I've already mentioned Gary Vaynerchuk, for example. So Infinite endeavours to bring all that together and present it to users for engagement in an entertaining, friendly and non-invasive way. I like the way you say entertaining. Yes. Um, but can I just go back? Oh, there's a lot of information there, so maybe I'll just take it back a step. Yep. Just first of all, in terms of my audience, and if they wanted to go and start using your application, first of all, what would be the benefits that they would achieve out of this application, do you believe, in your words? Very good question, Ken. So I think the first thing is to understand, it gives you a very clear picture. It's not, it doesn't take a lot of time to use every day. And by the way, this method that I'm talking about is used by a wide variety of very high-performing elite entrepreneurs, sportsmen, whatever. But it enables you in the very first instance to track your time so that you can see where your time is going. That's the first thing. The second thing is once you have a picture of that, mm-hmm. you can then work out is that where your time is being best spent. And pretty much what it will do is it will hold a mirror back up to yourself for you to see what's going on in your life. And you can make some determination. That's up to the individual. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Is really, if you think you're getting the best bang for your buck around where your time is going across the 13 key life categories that Infini presents back to you. So what people will probably discover is most of the things they're doing are just subconscious. So they're either spending all their time at work, which is where most of our time goes, and maybe inadvertently spending some time with their family and very little, if any time, on themselves in whatever capacity that might be. Completely understand and agree with you. Could you talk us through like an example of maybe a a case study on the actual app that you, or maybe even some of your own examples, how you, what you mean? When you first went about, what did the like a goal did you put in? How did you build in that goal, and what you achieved by the end of it? Well, I can I give a couple of macro examples. So there's some there's a fun one in there which I'll come to in a minute because I think when people talk about this subject, yeah. and the reason why I've gone a little bit left with it, whereas there's a lot of other platforms out there that do this type of thing. When I did my research or when I was starting to build it, I found a lot of these platforms are very dry and they're very academic. And I didn't want that. I love playing games. Like I'm a big PlayStation console fan. And I thought if I could spend that amount of time playing a game but make it translatable to my life, that could only be a good thing. So when you level up, if you leveled up in your life, in your career or 
you know, the strength of your relationship or seeing your children do well, that would be a good thing. And actually, if I could make that engaging and fun to interact with, that would be a good thing as well. So last year was one of the best years of my life. I travelled a lot, I achieved a lot, and I was very at peace with myself. But through the power of using Infinite, so I locked everything into Infinite. But what I discovered was, when I got to the end of the year and did a look back, is that I hadn't achieved what all the big things. Okay. Because that's how we kind of wandered through life, you know. The Eisenhower matrix, important versus urgent, is if your phone rang right now, Ken, you'd probably say there's a good chance, I know we're doing the interview, but there's a good chance you might say, oh, can you hold on a minute? I just need to take this call. So the way that our mind is, because of our survival instinct, is we do a lot of the urgent things first. Somebody knocks on the door, oh, Amazon guy's here, can you hold on a minute, please? I've got to go down and answer the door, whatever it might be. That's me. So so, so we're predisposed towards doing the urgent things. So I discovered I'm human just like everybody else. A lot of the important things never got done. So what Infinite enabled me to do is A, to observe that, and B, what I've decided to do is every month I carve out for myself for that four weeks in my spare me time, I focus on having one big project to do for that month. So, for example to get all my photos organised and I made a lovely picture book of our trip to Tokyo that we did last year. And that took me a month to organise. But it's a fantastic keepsake, so I got all the pictures organised, made a fantastic book, sent it off, got it back. I did all the narrative for it, did all the pictures, you know, so it reads almost like a very nice keepsake. But that took a long time to do. Now, if I would have just been doing, you know, do my work come home, spend time with the wife, whatever, that stuff gets all lost in the cracks. And also other things I've been able to do is I really enjoy doing art. And there's some fantastic software out there. But with all these things, they take a long time to learn. And Malcolm Gladwell, he's not the guy that discovered it, but he certainly popularised this concept of 10,000 hours. And people just don't find the time or carve out the time to invest in themselves under their own free will, to learn new skills. So using something, a software called Procreate on the iPad, which is like one of the leading softwares for doing art, that thing takes like eight weeks just to get the basics. So you kind of have to sit down and go, right, I'm going to make a big project next two months. I'm going to do nothing else but do Procreate. And I can say that this year we're in August already. The big things that I've achieved this year are bigger things than I've ever achieved in all of the years that went ahead before. But at the same time, Infinite also allows you to focus on the big things without sweating the small things. Okay. So while I'm doing all that, it also reminds me that, guess what, it's my wife's birthday coming up, and I've got some dry cleaning that I need to collect tomorrow. So Infinite designed it so it was like a smart virtual personal assistant with an inbuilt life coach, and we're going to talk about the coaching thing a bit later. Now, for Christmas, the nice part of the story was, <laughs> what happens is... You can record everything. You can get the data out quite easily. And there's a concept called a perfect moment. So, you know, when you're sat in a meadow on a hill. Last night, I went out with my daughter. We went to the forest, sat on a hill where a lot of people go and we just watch the sunset. And that, for me, is a perfect moment. And I recorded that in, in Infinite as a perfect moment. And what I did last Christmas, in each of the girls' Christmas card and my wife's Christmas card, I printed out all the perfect moments that I'd had with them throughout the year. 
and I put it in their card and they were all really touched. And we were able to talk about, oh, do you remember we did this? So it's another great way mm. of looking back at the, the showreel of your life. And it's been well known and well documented that people who do that reaffirmation process become significantly more emotionally aware of their life and what's going on around them. And that puts you in the driving seat. And those are a couple of examples of where you are now in charge of your life to the best of your ability instead of just responding. Yeah, amazing. Absolutely amazing, Peter. So, but in terms of, say, for example, the art there, so how does it work exactly? Do you, I mean, does the person put in a task in the application and they put in, you put in time, you set time aside and reminders or could you just briefly talk us through that? Yeah, so I haven't made it that granular because the one okay. thing I've observed, you know, you build any system to its weakest point, is my view. And there will be periods where people just don't use the application. You know, life has, as John Lennon said, life has a habit of intervening whilst you're making plans. <laughs> so I'm pretty disciplined about Infinite. I do use it every day. But we have had, we've had like 50, 60 users over a period of time and you can start to see the macro trends so what people tend to do is they'll use it really intensely mm. for four weeks okay. and then they just drop off a cliff right so we made it built it in such a way that that doesn't matter you know whether you use it every day but then have a hiatus whatever because that's real life and i think when anybody wants to do elite performance or really improve themselves they need to be kinder to themselves and allow for the variance in that performance. So what does that mean in English, Ken, coming back to your question? Yeah. I try to make the least amount of friction points when you're entering a task and the way that you use Infinite as possible. So there's only like five or six fields that you need to enter. So you need to enter what is the task. You need to put the category. So is it, you know, spiritual, play, career, finance, whatever. You then put in, is it important? Is it urgent? And then you put your deadline date. And there's a little optional extra in there that you can make it daily. So you can schedule it daily, weekly, monthly, whatever. And that's it. So you can put that in. And that's about the size of it. And if you don't complete it today and you go in tomorrow, it will show up as an orange overdue item. Okay. And there's a whole little dashboard that shows you what's overdue, what's due today. And it also shows you a forward forecast. So you can go in, complete your item, and then you give it a feedback score. Because that's the other big thing, right? People just go through and go, I did a great job. Well, that's not really for you to say. Emotional intelligence, people who do really well have a really good ability to situationally sense outside of their own vantage point, how well did something go? So I've discovered having a startup, the very first thing you throw out the window is your own opinion. So you say two things when you have ideas or you, know, you think you've done something, tell me why this is a bad idea. And tell me why I'm wrong. So what you do is you put your job into Infini, complete those couple of fields, hit the update button, and then it will go into your task list of things to do. And when you're ready to close it, you just go into it, put your feedback in. And if you think it's a perfect moment, you know, really good, perfect moment or a perfect storm where it went really bad, you can record it as that and that's it. And then what it does, Infini, through its logic, it starts to build that up and then it can give you a holistic view after about two weeks, if you use it, of exactly what your life looks like <laughs> holistically across the 13 categories. And you can see, I spent all my time doing finance, career, and enterprise, 
and then that's up to you what you decide to do with that. Yeah, awesome, absolutely awesome. Yeah, and and to me, what inspired you to create this, Peter? I mean, where did this all come from? Well, so it was a bit of a journey, Ken. If I'm being honest, so from an early age, when I was I was working for a hedge fund, and there's the evolution. It went through four steps. So the first thing was when you're a manager or a supervisor, guess what you have? I was introduced to the to-do list. Here's a list of things to do, whatever. So that was step one. Step number two was I came across Stephen Covey and his habits of highly successful people. And it, the seven chapters, they are really good. It's a little bit of a long book, lags a bit in the middle, but it picks up towards the end. But I was introduced there to the important and urgent matrix. So it's no good just having a list of to-dos. Mm. You should have them in some form of priority. So if you can put your important things at the top and mix those with the urgent things, I thought that would be quite good. So I developed a little spreadsheet to do that, and it was very helpful. But then I got to, um, I got to another organisation, and that's where it was drummed into you, such a strong culture, drummed into you. It doesn't matter what your opinion is. If you're in a meeting and you come out of that meeting and your boss says to you, how did that meeting go? And you went, brilliant. And he says, well, I've got some feedback for you. Everybody else in the room thought you sucked. You missed the main thread. You hacked off the MD. You know, that's a bad place to be. So I thought, well, I've got my to-do list. I've got the important and urgent. But actually, the real moment of truth out of all that lot is what is the feedback. And if I can develop a mechanism, if I can develop my self-awareness or a little tool that could help me do that, that would be wonderful. So I did that. And this was all just based around my career. So it was a quite a sophisticated spreadsheet, as you can imagine. But it did really help. It did help. And then I thought, this is really good, but what about the rest of my life? Mm. What about, as I said, all the other things? You know, my health, my intellect. So then I created this. I thought, I can't do this in a spreadsheet. This is just too complicated. So I just had the idea. I started to develop it in Microsoft Access. And then that's a whole other journey about how it evolved to where it is today. But everybody I spoke to was like, this is a really good idea, you need to do it. So that's kind of chapter A. The second part, Ken, which we all have, is I started to get really frustrated with myself around, I was reading lots of books, reading lots of articles from the Harvard, studying lots of things from The Economist, and I was unable to convert all this accumulated knowledge to anything meaningful in my life. And the main reason for that is that humans are designed to be creative engines. We are not built to be storage devices. And that is academically supported, you know, by the metrics that are out there that say, within two weeks you would have forgotten 95% of what it is that you read. And also as well, The person that knows least about ourselves is surprisingly ourselves. So the way that your memory works is with whatever it is that you want to put into your memory the first time, it goes through like a lens of where you were, what mood you were in and what was going going on. So it goes through this filter and it gets checked into your memory store, right? Then what happens is when you go to recall it, it goes through another remix of what mood you're in, where you are, and what's going on when you recall it from the memory store. So it's already gone through this translation. So that was another big challenge for me. And then the other thing is, 
you can never remember what you want to remember when you need it. So you've got all this, all this stuff stored in your brain that goes through this whole remixing in, remixing out, and then you just never get what you need when you need it. So I thought, wouldn't it be good, right? As I'm logging all these tasks in Infinite, if it works out that I'm doing a career category and I do a number of tasks, as I level up, that it would release something from the career data bank, some nugget of information that would say, you've leveled up. Here's something for you to think about. Here's a question. Now you can put in your answer and have a think about that and what you're going to do about it inside the next two weeks. So it became like a life coaching context of what's going on with my life and served as a positive reinforcement engine for the information that I've been reading and storing into this data bank and in lockstep with how my life was developing. Wow. Amazing, Peter. I mean, how long has this journey been going on now? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is a journey. I'm not sure there's a destination, but it's been through through various evolutions. So, you know, the thing about the list was when I was sort of 20. The important urgent was when I was 27. The feedback thing when I was about 35. And then the whole holistic expansion was really, I don't know, when I was about 42, 43. And then, so it went through different formats. So there was the Excel spreadsheet for a long time, then the access database, and then to make the jump, all the decisions about whether to do an app or to make web responsive. And that journey onto making a web responsive app was started about six years ago. And um, I started on my own. And then I had three graduate interns working for me. And then over a period of time, not all at the same time, it's probably had about 16, 17 people dip in and out on the journey of development. So it's still, it's an ongoing journey because when you're building something like that, you've always got new ideas and refinements, always looking for feedback to make the thing more streamlined and, you know, a more frictionless user experience. And then there's always things you're trying to improve, like the speed and the format. Yeah, incredible. How about some of the challenges then that you had to overcome in this journey? <laughs> Every day. Every day. (laughs) So, you know, there's things like we did a server upgrade. So we had to upgrade from SQL, you know, version, whatever it was, to the current version. We did the upgrade. I don't know what happened. All the code just disappeared. Oh, no. So that was six years of code disappeared. Uh, We just sat there, me and the other guy, looking at the screen for a while. And then, you know, your initial response is, Jesus Christ, it's the end of the world as we know it. But then then you have to be calm and then you go through, start seeing what's happened. And then you say, oh, the code went somewhere else. And then you track that down and then move that over. So there's always technical challenges. There's ongoing frustrations around speed. You know, the thing never runs as quickly as you would would like it to do. Other concerns are being not the actual database, but the website landing page. There's always things going on in the cyberspace you know, sometimes your certificates run out, like we're hosted by GoDaddy. So one of the GoDaddy things ran out and then the page just went sideways. So you've always got to keep an eye. It's a bit like an octopus. You have to have your arms in everything. And then you've got the people that work with you. So it was really flattering from an ego perspective. I think at one point it was a team of like seven. Wow. And when you're trying to manage that in your spare time, that's, that's a bit of a job. But the levels of performance are all difficult, are all different. So, you know, there was one guy that was, he was very good. He was doing all the art assets, but he would just disappear for like 10 days on end. 
And if you're running a sprint, a two-week sprint, and you've got stuff that you're dependent on him to come back so that the other guy can do his bit of work, you know, you've got all those headaches. And then in the end, I trimmed it back and I started to do a lot, you know, I just started to skill up myself. Um, so it's me and one other guy. The other guy's the main technology guy. And he does all the hardcore JavaScript and backend okay. coding and server maintenance. And, I, you know, I do a lot of the front-end, you know, coding around, you know, the art assets and, and all that business. But the other thing I've really enjoyed about the journey is just the amount of things that you learn. So I've learned a lot about the Azure environment. I learned a lot about the front-to-back process of being in Azure, C-sharp, hosting it on a server. Then you have HTML, CSS, JavaScript, model view, controller, you know, that framework. And then things about GitHub, code repository, all those sorts of aspects. It's been fantastic. It's been a wonderful learning experience. And then it forces you to push yourself. So I've really started to get involved in HTML and CSS. So I don't need to rely on the technical guy so much to do the small things. So I've really put a lot of effort into that. And that's why I had to learn the art using Procreate because I'm quite artistic. I studied, you know, as you and I have spoken about before, to be a comic book artist, also as well in the previous <laughs> life. So I wanted to get some of those drawings. I wanted to put some characters into the platform. So that's taken a while. But, you know, I've started to, get, you know, whereas it takes to do one drawing, it would take me six hours. I can do that now in two. Wow. You know, you start to get faster and quicker and you learn the tools. It's been brilliant. Even if nobody else uses it, you know, or people use it, they hop in and hop out. What a fulfilling journey. It's been fantastic. Yeah, I mean, uh, it sounds amazing. And how about more? I mean, we spoke about fun, entertainment. Yeah. So what has been the most fun part of this journey or the entertaining part? Well, I think for me, it's been the, it's really been about the people, I would say. Okay. So... A lot of the guys that came to do the work, they weren't at top-tier universities. So they weren't from... I had one girl from Imperial. We'll talk about her in a bit because she's a very good case study. But these guys, a lot of them foreign students, at, they weren't at red brick universities and they were really struggling to get opportunities elsewhere just to get themselves on the ladder. Okay. So I put the unpaid intern opportunity on Gumtree and one guy responded, and he'd run out of options. So I said, look, you know, I'm not looking to take advantage of you. It's like four to eight hours a week. Put in more time if you want or not, but you're going to have an opportunity to put this onto your CV. You can, you know, it's a minimum of three months, but just a couple of hours every week. And if you want to stay longer, that's up to you if you're enjoying it, whatever. So, you know, you're able to give – so he got a marketing – he was doing marketing for me, so – you know, I got him to do things like what does the competitor landscape look like, how much funding have they raised, that sort of stuff. So I was really able to develop his skill set. And then he was able to take that and he was able to put that on his CV. So when he finished and he was out there in the job place, he was able to say, well, I've actually done some hands-on work. There's another guy, he came and he was a coder in gamification and he did his dissertation on how we did user experience and user interviews. And he got a first for that. And as a consequence of that first, he then got an opportunity to interview for a Facebook affiliate that makes games on the Facebook platform. He got the job and he got his dream moved to Barcelona. Right? And I'm still in touch with him to this day. Yeah, okay. uh, another, another guy's in Bulgaria and he eventually got himself a job as a coder, which had been his dream. 
And he said, if I hadn't done the coding for you, I would never have got that job. That's and there was finally another young lady from Indonesia here on her own. And there were a couple of incidents where she asked me to be her guardian, her next yeah. of kin. So while she was here in the UK, so I'd be her immediate point of contact. And there were a couple of scenarios she got herself into, really good girl. And uh, she called me, she was crying, you know, she didn't have anybody else to turn to. So just as an older individual, you know, you're able to offer that experience mm. to people. And again, she was at Imperial, she was always going to do well, but as a consequence of doing this job, it helped her get a first. And she is doing big data for Deloitte. And she got a move to Dublin and she's very happy there. She's all settled down, got herself a boyfriend and whatnot. She's over the moon. So I think that's been the most rewarding thing, number one. Number two, the other thing that's been rewarding is the level of confidence that it brings you to be able to articulate an idea. And then Ken, you know, I've got a lot of respect for you, you know, for other people, like, you know, people, our mutual circle. Yeah, I'm also a member of the Happy Startup School and I've now become one of the, I'm not a founder, but I'm certainly one of the key people in that community. And I can speak with a degree of authority because I've been on that startup journey. So it's given me a lot of confidence. It helps me understand where my boundaries are. So actually, good for the audience. Can you just briefly describe what is the Happy Startup School? So the Happy Startup School is set up about eight years ago by two guys who were running a development design studio in Brighton. Lawrence McCarhill and Carlos Saba, two great guys. And they run this happy startup school, which is kind of self-explanatory. It does what it says on the tin. And basically, you know, startup, Ken, you've got your own business. You know it can be brutal. It, you know, it's pretty much a slog. But they try and put and inject the happy into it, and they've set up this community. So there's two kind of levels. There's a, a paid community like LinkedIn, and they run a lot of webinars. You know, now we're all online. They run a lot of webinars. They have a lot of workshops. They have a lot of programs that you can join. And they're really there for the first port of call. If you have an idea, they will help you. You have to help yourself, but they will help you with a set of frameworks, methodologies, try and bring that idea to life with some of the basic things that you need to consider. It's a very powerful network, so there's a lot of people that you can get in touch with for different skill sets. You know, just to have dialogue with. Nobody's going to help you on your journey per se. It's your dream. You've got to bring it to life. And then they have three or four gatherings a year in different parts of the world. So there's one that they do on the way to Brighton in the rolling hills of the English countryside for three days. You know, there's a big teepee and they have speakers there for the three days. They have a set of workshops that they do, breakout groups. There's entertainment in the evening and you just get to meet people there. And the energy that you leave with and the stories that you get insight into are incredible. They sometimes do one in India, they do one in the States, and then they do one in the mountains of, of France, which is called Altitude. And I think they do that one around Easter time, and you can just go there. And it's really good. It's a journey of self-discovery, opportunity to connect, an opportunity to vocalise. And then I run, I've ended up, you know, when we were a bit more physical, running the London chapter, which has about 400 people in it. And we were doing monthly meetups, but then we went quarterly. And then we get very eminent speakers to come along and tell their story, Ken, of which you've been one. <laughs> so, you know, we get people there that can inspire other people and they can inspire themselves. It's just a good place where people can go 
and just see what other people are up to. They're awesome. I mean, I love the happiness part of it because, you know, you do get in a journey and sometimes people get in a very difficult journey. There's no fun. There's no enjoyment in it. And then you have to look back and say, this, this is not worth it. Yeah. And, uh, and I love listening to some of the, the presentations here about people, you know, building a business around their lifestyle. Like the guy up in the Himalayas, you know, it's incredible and building the business. Yeah. Uh, he just loved that outdoor life. They built an amazing, yeah. successful business around that life, which is awesome. I mean, that's happiness is key. I mean, you know, I'm a strong believer in the secret in the law of attraction and the power of yes. positive thinking, a bit like yourself. Yeah. I mean, on this note, I mean, I've, I mean, it's incredible what you've learned, what you've discovered, you know, about inner teachings, you know, influencers. What does the future hold now? I mean, going forward. Well, that was a question that my, my technical partner asked me not that long ago, actually, maybe two months ago, and he said, he said, I don't get the sense of energy from you okay. around what we're doing with Infini. And that was a good kick in the pants for me because it is my passion project and what I genuinely believe in. And I think it's important to take a break every now and then. And I had been on a break doing these other, you know, devoted to music for a couple of months. And then, as I said, I was learning the art. So it was good that he said that. And I, I thanked him and I said, I really appreciate you telling me that. And it was good because it re-energised me. So I've got back into Infinite in a big way, you know, trying to bring a lot of the art assets into it and streamlining it and getting a bit more hands-on. So that was really, really helpful. So I'm firmly committed to doing it just because I love it. But one of the other things I'd say to anybody who's listening and wants to use platform so it's where did the name come from it was infinity meets ai so just drop the ty and add the ai so infini and i really wanted the thing to be not overly intrusive i wanted it to be like jarvis from iron man (laughs) for anybody who's seen that stuff so it's just you know you can interact with it it's not vocalized yet you know we're still trying to give it a character and we are getting there with that so I wanted it to be like that, and that's my mission. I want it to be this companion that you can turn on or off, use as little or as much as you like. It's not intrusive, but I'm really keen for it to do that. And the reason why I'm committed to that is the other thing that I discovered on the journey, there is a phenomenon which is called WOOP, W-O-O-P. Okay. And I think this is the biggest, it's a very well-known psychological condition. And I mentored... Not full-time, part-time. I did 12 years of mentoring at the Prince's Trust. And I observed, in retrospect, this phenomenon. And WOOP is called Wish, Outcome, Obstacle, Plan. And there's a lot of podcasts. If you listen to Simplify and look up WOOP, just do that search. The lady that came up with it, a German lady, I believe, she explains it in more detail. But the reason I'm mentioning this, Ken, is it's so important for the listeners. What robs people of the ability to achieve is they get stuck on the wish cycle and they get stuck on the outcome. So what the Prince's Trust worked out after a long time is the wish and the outcome on their own are very dangerous. So a lot of the young guys used to come and uh, music was a very common thing. So they'd say, right, I'm going to set up a studio and I'm going to have all these artists coming in. So Prince's Trust used to make them do a business plan right up front. And this business plan would stretch out five years and end, you know, as the sun disappears over the hill, this guy drives past 
in his Audi, right, with his footballer's wife on his arm, on his way to some club where he's an A-lister and everybody's hanging off of him and his house overlooks the beach and he's working with all these big stars and all the rest of it. So the wish and the outcome are there. But then you say to the guy, okay, what is the first step that you need to take on that journey? And you need to spend £100 to book your first studio session. They don't do it. They can't do it because they've been robbed of this outcome. They're this other person. Mm. So they kind of work it all out in their mind. They envision future success. And it kind of robs you of all the energy because it gives you this dopamine hit. So yeah. you've used up your dopamine energy to get to where you want to get to because it's visualised in your mind. Now, Jamie Cato, C-A-T-T-O, has got this exercise. I've done two of his workshops, absolutely incredible, where he gets you, he gets you to do the Rolling Stone exercise. So I don't know if we've spoken about this before or not. No. So he did this exercise, at the, which is where I met him at the Happy Startup School, and the audience was about 35, 40 people. And at the end of that session, I would say 15 of those people were in tears, floods of tears. So the exercise is this, and I'll keep it, I'll do an abridged version. So Ken, Rolling Stone call you up and say they want to put you on the front cover of Rolling Stone. Ken Coyne, awesome. entrepreneur superstar. See? <laughs> See, look, your dopamine is going now. We're in the outcome. Yeah, yeah, We're wishing yeah, the outcome. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, and they, they are going to do an eight-page centre spread on you. Glossy, wow. photo, pictures, you sitting in your white linen suit. I can visualise it already. No shoes on, on the sofa, whatever it is, yeah. right? Yeah. Superstar, entrepreneur, multi-billionaire, Ken Coyne, right? Sign me up. And Yeah, exactly. And everybody's like, this is fantastic. And you have to play a dual role. So you are Ken Coyne. But at the same time, you get to, in your mind, play the part of the interviewer who's, this is their first big assignment. So they, they're assigned by Rolling Stone. They go to the airport get on the plane, fly to where you are. There's a car that picks them up and takes them on their way to meet you. And you have to do an exercise, right? This is all the wish and the outcome. You have to do the exercise where you tell your story through the eyes of this interviewer. So you have to say, I reached the gates, and you have to describe the property, the journey, where was it situated, what was the weather like, you know, and then they get to the front door, what was the house like? And then you answer the door, right? Yeah. And they say the door answered and Ken was there. And then you tell a combined story of, so you took them to wherever it was that you did the interview. It could be on the top of the Alps and your that is where you were living. You had a specially constructed thing on the side of the mountain. It could be on Malibu Beach. I don't know, wherever. And then the interview starts and this is where everybody had the difficulty. So they say, Ken, Five years, rags to riches. Take us through your story year by year of what was the first step and what were the pivotal moments that took you on that journey to get you to where you are today. And that's where, when we talk about wish outcome, this is where it now gets to the obstacle and the planning bit. Okay. This is where people need to spend their time. So it forces you to go on that obstacle and the planning part. And that's where people could just not kick into gear to articulate a plan. what were the steps. Yeah, they couldn't do it. They could do the wish. They could do the light speed jump to the end of the story. Yes. But if you force yourself to do the walk back 
and go, right, I'm now dialing it down. And it brings me to today. And what am I going to do tomorrow? Next week, next month. That's where Infini comes in and helps. Provides you with a construct. Go, right, you know, you have to do it. It can't do it for you. But that's where you can do that across all your life categories. And who are you today? And who do you want to be in the future? And actually, you know what? You mentioned at the start there that a lot of people, they start using it and they go really intensive a month and they drop off. I mean, what advice would you give to try and manage that? Is it because they've gone too heavy or too over? Or did it build it up? Is that a better way to approach it? I think think that's the way that anything new, if you get a decent app, Mm. you know, it is a common phenomenon. When somebody buys a new car, all they do for the first weeks is they just drive around in that car. Right? I'll never forget my friend. He bought himself an SUV and he was really good friends with him. And he was just like, you know, all I did this weekend, me and the wife, we just went for a drive. And now you talk about, you know, the car never comes up, blah, blah, blah. So I think it's the attraction of the new. Okay. But as Malcolm Gladwell, as we mentioned already, popularized, it's 10,000 hours. If you look at Ronaldo, we take sports because that's a very obvious, a very obvious, tangible thing to look at. If you look at Johnny Wilkinson, David Beckham, Ronaldo, the one thing that we kind of synonymise outside of their lavish lifestyle is around them being on the training pitch every day, Mm. just training, taking the free kick, taking the free kick, kicking the rugby ball, visualising every day. And it's like I say to people, if we take that another logical step further, it's like the Olympic 100-metre sprint. If you think you can just Usain rocks up on the day and just says, I'm going to run and see how fast I can go, it doesn't work like that. It's 364 days of the year that result in that fifth day or that, that final day yes. of him doing, of where it culminates. So there's three things I would say, whether it's using Infinite, whether it's a startup or, you know, a successful company like yours, Ken, it's these three things. To make progress, you need to hassle and hustle. You need to have grit and grind, and you need patience and perseverance. And that's the big thing I've learned this year, doing the bigger projects, is after about a week or two weeks, you go, oh, this is really getting a bit of a grind. Mm. But if you can power through the obstacle and stick with the plan, the skills that you start to pick up, the other side of that journey, your level of performance are incredible. So when I had people working for me in my operations team, there's three stages to that beginner, intermediate, and advanced. And what they would do is they'd cry all the way through the beginner experience. I don't know anything. This is really difficult. I'm really stressed, blah, blah, blah. Honestly, and I had that last year with people that joined my data science team, right? Especially in today's environment, people expect a lot more, right, from you. So I need this. This isn't what I expected. So you invest a lot of time. They break through the beginner which takes about a year and a half. At the two-year phase, they're kind of just beginning to get to intermediate and they get overly confident. And they go, oh, I'm done with this job now. I want to do something else. And I say to them, it's kind of sad because you've just learned how to do the job. This is the bit where you could really start to ascend. If you stuck with it, you'd start to move into intermediate and then you'd get into the advanced stage where you see only what one or two percent you're then in the elite phase. And instead of just doing the job and responding to the tasks, you're actually controlling the agenda driving. of what needs to be done and contributing and driving, as you say. But sadly, most people never make it that far. 
And that's what I've discovered Infini has revealed, is that most people are very good at the surface level. So a lot of people, you know, of the people that have used it, that's only 1% of the people that said they wanted to use it. So I think the desire is there. The wish and the outcome is there. But the obstacle and the plan, you know, the ability to grip those things and stay with it isn't there. So there's that. And then I think the other thing is people need to allow themselves to be human. So if you stop using it for, if you use it for four weeks and stop using it, that doesn't mean it's a failure. It means give yourself a break, give yourself a timeout, and then come back to it. So I think in the 10 years I've been doing it, I think there have been periods of like two, three months where I just went, I just stopped using it for whatever reason, either fell out of love or something else came up. But then I just went back to it naturally. So I think people have to give themselves that, that freedom and that um, they need to be into it, into it for the long haul. And how can people um, access and start using the application, Peter? So they just need to go to www.infini.com. I-N-F-I-N-A-I.com. Awesome. Free to use. And, um, fantastic. Okay. Yeah, so we've got a lot of the data in there. We're also starting to turn our attention now around giving people reports and feedback and start to show them their diagnostic. So that's the really exciting part now. We've broken the back of the platform. You know, good is good enough. So now we're starting to focus on the data that's in there to be able to give back to people in a meaningful way. Brilliant, Peter. And for people who want to get in touch with you, I mean, what's the best way? Well, through you, Ken, or, <laughs> or peter.krishnan, K-R-I-S-H-N-A-N, krishnan, at gmail.com. You can find me on LinkedIn as well. So either one of those two would love to hear from people and just love the banter and the dialogue as well. <laughs> Peter, absolutely amazing. As always, so inspirational. I'm revved up. I'm very excited about the future and looking forward to many more discussions. Thank you for your time today. Thanks as well, Ken. It's been wonderful as always. Pleasure. Pleasure.